Today is February 11th, 2024. We are reading from the big book of AA, pages 96, starting with Do Not Be Discouraged, up to and including the paragraph on page 97, Though an Alcoholic. Lynn Kay will be a reader, our reader, followed by a 20-minute share by Lynn from Colorado. Lynn Kay, will you please read? Yes. Thank you. Do not be discouraged if your prospect does not respond at once. Search out another alcoholic and try again. You are sure to find someone desperate enough to accept with eagerness what you offer. We find it a waste of time to keep chasing a man who cannot or will not work with you. If you leave such a person alone, he may soon become convinced that he cannot recover by himself to spend too much time on any one situation is to deny some other alcoholic an opportunity to live and be happy. One of our fellowships failed entirely with his first half dozen prospects. He often says that if he had continued to work on them, he might have deprived many others who have since recovered of their chance. Suppose you are now making your second visit to a man. He has read this volume and says he is prepared to go through with the 12 steps of the program of recovery. Having had the experience yourself, you can give him much practical advice. Let him know you are available if he wishes to make a decision and tell his story, but do not insist upon it if he prefers to consult someone else. He may be broke and homeless. If he is, you might try to help him about getting a job or give him a little financial assistance, but you should not deprive your family or creditors of money they should have. Perhaps you will want to take the man into your home for a few days, but be sure to use your discretion. Be certain he will be welcomed by your family and that he is not trying to oppose impose upon you for money, connections, or shelter. Permit that and you will only harm him. You will be making it possible for him to be insincere. You may be aiding in his destruction rather than his recovery. Never avoid these responsibilities, but be sure you are doing the right thing if you assume them. Helping others is the foundation stone of your recovery. A kindly act once in a while isn't enough. You have to act the Good Samaritan every day if need be. It may mean the loss of many nights sleep, great interference with your pleasures, interruptions to your business. It may mean sharing your money and your home, counseling frantic wives and relatives, innumerable trips to police courts, sanitariums, hospitals, jails, and asylums. Your telephone may jangle at any time of the day or night. Your wife may sometimes say she is neglected. A drunk may smash the furniture in your home or burn a mattress. You may have to fight with him if he is violent. Sometimes you will have to call a doctor and administer sedatives under his direction. <laughs> Excuse me. Another time, you may have to send for the police or an ambulance. 
Occasionally, you will have to meet such conditions. We seldom allow an alcoholic to live in our homes for long at a time. It is not good for him. And it, and it sometimes creates serious complications in a family. Though an alcoholic does not respond, there is no reason why you should neglect his family. You should continue to be friendly to them. The family should be offered your way of life. They should accept and practice spiritual principles. There is a much better chance that the head of the family will recover. And even though he continues to drink, the family will find life more bearable. Thanks, Lynn. Next, we will have Lynn D. from Colorado, who will share in the pages that were just read. Lynn, do you need a, um, a time? You'll share for about 20 minutes, but we don't stress on it. Yeah, could you give me a five-minute reminder? Sure. Okay, yes. thank you so much. Hi, everyone. I'm Lynn D. from cold, snowy Colorado, but that sun is out. It's shining. <laughs> Uh, it's great to be with you this morning. Um, I love to share my experience with sponsorship. And one of my very favorite paragraphs is that top one on page 96. So let me tell you just a little bit about my journey here. Um, I came to OA in March of 1994. I had not a clue what OA was about. A friend just told me to go. And I thought, why not? It's free, you know, and she told me which meeting to go to. So um, I'll really try to keep this moving because I could talk about this for hours, um, really. Anyway, um, I didn't know anything. And that was a really good gift, uh, I think. I was ignorant, but I was so miserable <laughs> that I came to the darn meeting not knowing anything. And um, I did know that I was so miserable that I could not control this food thing at all. Not one little bit. The food, I was so addicted to the sugar um, and the junk food that I could not make it from breakfast to lunch without it. I just couldn't. So I had given up, totally given up. So here I come stumbling into OA, March 1994, and I, it blew me away. I learned about the, that I had a disease. So fast forward, um, I found a sponsor. I lived in rural Indiana at the time, and looking back on that experience, there was one woman that had recovery. And thank you, God, she lived five minutes down the road from me. Anyway, she knew all about OA, all about recovery. And I just did everything she told me to do. Because I knew if I was a slacker here, I would be gone. And you would never see me again. Because I was a big know-it-all about life uh, and what I needed. If I got back into that mindset, I was a goner. So anyway, I found the sponsor. I did what she said. She did not take me through the big book, but we went through the OA literature and I recovered. 
And then I tried to pass that message on to other people. They did not recover. Not that I saw. I tried that for eight years. And then I discovered Joe and Charlie from AA and they blew me away. <laughs> and so they opened up this big book to me and made me relate to it and recover with it. So my recovery expanded so much. And then I started sponsoring back in 1994 right away. There was such a need for sponsors. And people come into this program miserable. So who am I to say, no, I don't feel comfortable sponsoring you. No, I understood their misery. So I did the best I could using that away workbook. <laughs> anyway, I learned a whole lot. I learned from my mistakes. I made some big mistakes sponsoring, but I learned from them. Uh, an example of a big mistake in 1994 was I gave a sponsee a self-help book. I learned, don't ever do that. <laughs> I have never done it since. <laughs> um, but then, you know, discovering Joe and Charlie, I did, they have a book on how to use the big book uh, to sponsor. I followed it the best I could. And I still came into some mistakes. Um, but I always learned from them. And, you know, when you make a mistake sponsoring somebody, when I do, I feel awful about it. Um, so what that makes me do is turn to my higher power with desperation. Help me, God. Help me to help these people the best I can. Show me what to do here. Um, and God has always shown me. And always let me learn from my experiences. And let me also say this disclaimer. I am no authority on sponsorship. This is just my experience. And it, I think I am a really good, effective sponsor today. But it has come from years of doing this. I've done it for 29 years. I have not, never not sponsored. And... Um, yeah, and I have never relapsed. I recovered in July of 94. I've never relapsed because I had the fear of going back into that disease and never being here again. There was a one-time chance for me, I believe, and it was a precious gift. I'm not going to ever be ignorant about the 12 steps again and uh, recovery and anything else about the disease. I'm never going to be ignorant again. I know now. And... Um, but knowledge isn't what saves me. <laughs> we all know the 12 steps and going with that higher power. So let's go to that first paragraph on page 96. I have read this so many times because I have gotten stuck here. Do not be discouraged if your prospect does not respond at once. Search out another alcoholic and try again. That is very difficult for me to do. It isn't complicated. They aren't hard instructions. It's just hard to do it. <laughs> I like people. I, I connect with them in their misery. I like them. I don't want to search out another one. Well, I would do that and have one that I wasn't really helping. And then one that I was a new one I was going to try to help. It says you are sure to find someone desperate, uh, desperate enough to accept with eagerness 
what you offer. So that's a sentence I reread probably with every sponsee I, I work with because it tells me the clue. Are they desperate enough to accept with eagerness what I offer? So when I told them in the very first call what I require of sponsees, is that what they want to do? You know, are they doing that? Say, saying yes eagerly. Generally, the answer is either very clearly in the first call, yes, this is what I want to do, or no, I don't think that will work for me. And that's a lesson I've learned along the way. Tell them clearly what I have to offer. And um, yeah, so I learned that the hard way by not doing it very clearly and uh, wasting people's time, basically, is the way I feel about it. And it says we find it a waste of time to keep chasing a man who cannot or will not work with you. There's no big moral issue here. They don't want what I have, and that's totally good with me. Um, I want to part with them with love. I don't want to waste their time. And of course, I'm always available. You know, it says on the other page, continue to be friendly. You know, I can do this friendly um, because I don't, waste a lot of time trying to convince them that my way is the best way to do this, that I really have the answer here. You got to follow what I say. Uh-uh. Not, not true at all. So they're very simple instructions, but I have almost every sponsee I've ever had, when they start sponsoring, they get stuck here. And it's like, okay, read it. It says, but we don't like to do it. That's what I think happens a whole lot. Um, but it says, we find it a waste of time to keep chasing a man who cannot or will not work with you. If you leave such a person alone, he may soon become convinced that he cannot recover by himself. To spend too much time on any one situation is to not deny some other alcoholic an opportunity to live and be happy. One of our fellowships failed entirely with his first half dozen prospects. He often says that if he had continued to work on them, he might have deprived many others who have since recovered of their chance. That's a really good reason to do this. And you know, the people that wrote this learned it from bitter experience. They weren't just, boom, I know how to do this. You know, I'm the authority here because I'm Bill Wilson. No way. They learned it through bitter experience. And that's how I've learned it, through bitter experience. And But the thing that's always true is that I stay recovered. With every little mistake I do, I stay recovered. And um, anyway, so here's a part here um, in the next paragraph that I like. It says, having had the experience yourself, you can give him much practical advice. Let him know you are available. I don't give practical advice. I try really hard not to. I am not a saint with that. <laughs> but if I do give advice, it'll bite me in the butt, believe me. Um, the next call with the person, they'll wanna just have me tell them everything what to do. Yeah, it, I am no authority. And I do not wanna spend time with that. There's way too much, I mean, this is, a fatal illness. I was dying from this disease. 
somebody reached their hand out to me and said they would guide me through the 12 steps. I believe that that first sponsor, as imperfect as she was, um, saved me from a life of misery. I would never have gotten this by reading books on my own. No, no, no. And um, yeah, I just would never have recovered. Um, I don't see that it would have happened really with any other person at the time except her. So she was available to me. And I really have to search my soul before I get a new sponsor every time. Am I really available here? Um, you know, and God has shown me the best times of my day when the sponsor, um, it has changed a lot over the years. And I believe that I've learned how to, how to uh, carry the message in a more effective way. It hasn't come from my good thinking. It's come from experience and God's guidance. And when I go to God, you know, my sponsor calls me, I know what time they're going to call and I'm praying. Yeah. And, and the one big thing that I've noticed lately is a better ability to really listen to somebody, you know, and this, this whole process of being available to sponsor also everything, every time it happens, I, uh, I dread it. I'll be honest. I dread it. Okay. We're doing this again. It doesn't matter. <laughs> That's just my personality, you know, in the way. Um, it doesn't matter. It's what I do. And um, it's intensive work. When I, I, I speak with a sponsee for an hour and we go over the step, we go over the, the assignment. And at the end of that hour, I'm about ready for a nap. You know, I'm like, <laughs> it's intensive here because I'm listening really carefully to what they're saying. I'm really focused on this. I mean, it's such a, a gift for me to be able to look at this paragraph really carefully with you right, right now, because it's going to sink into me. I'm sticking my nose in this again and letting God teach me again what this is really saying. This is a fatal disease. It's serious, intensive work. And it also is, you know, the... The best page, I think, on in this chapter is 89. It's telling us what we're in for. And I don't know, every time I read that first page of uh, working with others, I get excited. It sounds like, wow, I get to do this? This, this woman, I was 40 years old back in 1994, who's, who just very scared, entered her first meeting, not knowing anything. I didn't know I had a disease. I didn't know what 12 steps were. And now I'm able to help somebody else turn their life around. I mean, it's not me turning it around. I'm just holding their hand and, and guiding them and showing them and answering their questions. You know, I'm also encouraging. The biggest thing I do is tell, is encourage them to go to God their higher power. I'm not the one with the answers. I get my direct guidance and direction from God. I don't get it from another person. I get support from other people, for sure. I get encouragement from other people, for sure. Um, but reading this page, you know, uh, it's just incredible. 
I, I get, I, I can tell you for sure, the part where it says, Practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. That has been true for me. I mean, how would some, I have uh, probably a pretty short attention span and how would I want to stick with this program and these 12 steps for 29 years? Five minutes, Lynn. Thank you so much. Yeah, it has to have a message of depth and weight. And it has to really work um, for me to stick with it. And um, yeah, so it doesn't matter. Here's another thing. It doesn't matter if I want to sponsor and take someone through the steps. Doesn't matter if it's convenient. Doesn't matter if I'm scared or if I'm confident. I just have to do it. And um, God will really teach me and show me. And I will meet some of the most wonderful people. And, you know, the parts in this reading that to me seem to be outdated, you know, about having a, a suffering compulsive overeater come live with you. Um, you know, I, I'm so grateful that we have Zoom meetings and phone meetings and sponsoring through phone to me is very effective. It helps me to really listen. I get distracted when I'm face to face with somebody because every now and then I've had a face to face sponsee. Uh, here in Colorado, even. And um, yeah, it's easy to get distracted, you know. Um, but on the phone, it's really, really effective, too. But in the past, when I didn't have phone meetings, um, I can remember times when a girl that, boy, I was <laughs> more concerned about her situation than she was. Um, I wanted to bring her groceries, you know. Um, <laughs> That you know, I'd stay up at night thinking about this lady. Is she going to have her job tomorrow? You know, stuff like that. That is not my my role here. So anyway, it, it's great to be able to have an hour where I can go through this book and go with and really help someone um, go through the doctor's opinion. Let them really stick their nose in what they're dealing with here. This disease. Um, that's another big thing. I am no match for this disease. And with every person I work with, I see it more clearly. Oh, you see that smart, intelligent, gifted person? They got back in the food. They got back into the misery of this disease. Oh, they died from this disease. Yeah. Do I think I'm better than that? Uh-uh. And <laughs> no, no, no. I just can turn to my higher power more easily now. It's a habit. It's what I do. So um, with that, I think I'm going to pass. And it's built, really been a delight to do this. And um, I hope that I've been some encouragement to you. Um, I've had so many people that were encouraging to me and continue to be. And um, it's a gift I can never repay what I've been given through the support of this fellowship. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you, Lynn, for your